Stupid Lisa. Gotta build fast. Cement drying. All right, let's see. Oh, English side ruin. Must use French instructions. La Grille? What the hell is that? Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors. Chaotic energy coming in real hot in this episode. There's there's so much chaos. Chaos in, reigns in this episode of The Simpsons, and don't we just love that? Yeah, yeah. I knew you liked this episode. I, what? Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, I got gotcha. you. No, don't. Uh, welcome to Two Bad Neighbors. There's one thing I like: it's chaos. Compendium of all things Simpsons, seasons one through ten, including messing up your intro speech. My name is Greg. That's how much chaos I'm injecting. Yeah. My name is Jeff Goldblum. Oh, wow. Look who's Uh, taking the bit. Wow. (laughs) Very nice. I mean, I guess you have to take your bit because we are guestless today. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I have to be a character? Yeah, I suppose. Is that what we do? Well, we have the- When was the last time we didn't have a guest? We have the empty Al Jean seat. Of course. Right over here, which- Writer of this episode. I really would have liked to have him on because, yeah, he did write this episode. Yeah. Um- and then, I don't know. It's been a long time since we've been guestless. I think it's been like we've been we did pretty good for all of uh, all of season ten. We really wanted to have guests on, but we just couldn't. Yeah, you make... guys really messed this one up. What, what? the? F- huh? What? Huh? Where's? What is that? Who? Who's that? Who's Who? there? Hello? What? Hello, my friends. So- it is. It is I. James Wade. I'm sorry. James? There's, there's uh, there must okay. be some static interference. Who's, I think you're someone's you, pranking us, yeah, Greg. This is someone knows that we're we've been looking for James yeah. for you know years. James. And they're like, oh, this will be funny if I do if I somehow do a call in to this podcast. Yeah, is this the real Jims? <laughs> Which I didn't realize we could do. It is oh, not yeah. the real Jims. It yeah. is the real James. And yes. you can ask me anything. You Whoa. can verify right now. Whoa. All right. Um. Well, I guess, where in the world are you? You don't know where that is, so you can't verify with that Ah, question. touche! Uh, that's the right that's answer. That's something that James that's would say. That's exactly what James oh would say. Oh my god, how are minute. you? Are you actually I, James? It's true, yes. Hello, pals. I, uh, I have heard reports of my own demise, but they have been greatly exaggerated, mostly by this podcast. Right. Uh, well, I mean, to be fair... Demise, I don't know if is the right term. I thought we did like hashtags for Dude, James. Well, but like, that's because we were he was rest, missing. Like rest in peace, James. Well, well that's just because it's funny. I kind of did that. <laughs> okay, uh, an in, an inference. <laughs> call it inference. Uh, wow. Uh, okay. I feel what? really put on the spot here. Uh, <laughs> okay, I feel like we got we have to ask a, a few other like identify yourself James questions. Sure, you're not convinced yet. I'm not. I'm not 100 convinced. I'm like at like maybe a 60. So this could still be some sort of body snatcher. So, I mean, some body snatcher. Some kind of. It could be Ife with James's voice. Uh, oh, you know, the doctor uh, would do that because he's doctored my voice several That's times. That's true. So yeah, he could I, just be doing a on-the-fly James impersonation with uh, tidbits. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past him. Exactly. See, look at that. And okay. he even had that soundbite ready because he knew that I would call him out on it. Like this is all coming together. Okay, so here's some James centric questions okay okay yeah uh jurassic park best movie in the franchise yes or no we're talking we're not talking three we're not talking world we're not talking fallen kingdom we're talking 
the, I'm saying the, the first, the OG one, is the best one of the five film current five film series. Do you uh, agree or yeah. not? I agree. Agree. Okay. Good. All right. James would say that. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's um, kind of easy, though. I think. Yeah. yeah no right. one else would say that. I don't think it's yeah. a controversial. Very few people like that first yeah. one. Right, yeah. 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 Right, right, but right, James right. loves it. How about this, James Wade? Mm. If that is your real name. <laughs> Uh, you know, Wes Anderson. <laughs> Thoughts? I'm for him. <laughs> like, wow. like all the way through, like everything? Yeah, pretty much. There's something I like in every single film. Even his shitty ones? Even his shitty ones <laughs> that I will say are not very good. All right. <laughs> Which are the shitty ones? Yeah, say them. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of Bottle Rocket, nor am I a big fan of Isle of Dogs. Oh, ah, that's his first and his last. Wow, that sounds like James. Apparently, he he thinks Wes Anderson is a is a filet mignon with a shit sandwich around it. <laughs> or maybe maybe he's a filet mignon with just an extra blackened crust. How about that? I prefer shit sandwich. All right. <laughs> A toasted shit sandwich? Mm, mm. That's a little better. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> but it's pink all the way through. <laughs> okay. All right. We're at, I'm at like an 80% convinced Well, now. let's get you to 100. Let's, I think maybe throughout the process of this podcast might convince mm. me. Okay. It'll be my nuanced opinions yeah. that really push it over the edge, right. I think. Yeah. Okay. What was the first podcast we ever did together? Ooh. Oh my God! Was it the Spotcast, the Spotless Minds podcast? Yes, it was. What was the first episode of the Spotcast? Was it the Hunger Games? Jesus, I don't even know. No, I think it was the Social Network. I, I don't. Was it the Social <laughs> I Network? Think it I was been. thinking Inception. Oh so shit! It might have been. <laughs> any so this one of verifying wow. question we didn't even have the answer to. <laughs> it was one of those. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, glad to have you with us, whoever you are. Oh, I'm glad to be here. We'll call him James, but just know every time I'm saying James from here on out, it's in quotation marks. Right. Oh. right. All right. All right. Cool. James. <laughs> and he still hasn't told us where he is. No. Reveal your location. Uh, no, I, I can't do that. Oh, I was, I've, I've been listening to your back catalog, and uh, there has been a suggestion that uh, you were trying to capture me. Oh, shit. And <laughs> if, if that is the case, I just want to say, you fucks will never find me. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> god damn it. He's crafty. Oh, uh, it's okay. We have plans. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we will catch him. Um, <laughs> so this is like a where in the world is Carmen San Diego kind of situation? Is that... And we're the gumshoes? Clearly. Yeah. I'm right, getting cool. a real nice uh, ocean breeze coming in and uh, mm. the, the sound of the, the macaque monkey as well. It's Rome. <laughs> <laughs> He's in Rome. <laughs> if I know anything about geography, and I don't, <laughs> only Rome has macaque monkeys in the ocean. Let's go. Both those things <laughs> yeah. must be Rome. <laughs> I did oh, love this? the, uh, I don't know if you guys played the, the video game, the like computer game of Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? Mm, I didn't. I did watch the show, the game, right. the, yeah, the yeah. little kid game show. But yeah, the, I, and the game show, because yeah. the game was first, like the PC game was, was the first iteration of that franchise, which it did grow really? into, which is kind of crazy, but yeah. I always and thought it, and the was, show was, this is No, the show was, a, was a, like a spinoff of that uh, concept, because 
yeah, essentially the game was you were tracking down Carmen Sandiego and you'd go to different country or different cities around the world. And in the city, you'd be like, hey, have you seen uh, Carmen Sandiego? And they'd be like, ah, I saw her by the Louvre. And you're like, ah, Paris. <laughs> like that's <laughs> basically it's just like teaching kids geography and uh, history and stuff. Uh, and then but it's it, like, aha, you're forgetting about the Chicago Louvre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. They, they trick children. Really? <laughs> no. I was going to be like, that's mean. Yeah. It's this big gotcha game. <laughs> it's like, hey, kids, you think you know shit? Guess what? You don't know Jack. <laughs> you don't know Jack. And that's where that game came from. Um, <laughs> well, uh, here we are. We are here to talk about an episode of The Simpsons. Um, Greg, how have you been? I'm tired. Yeah, you're a sleepy boy. I'm a sleepy bean right now. I was uh, just outside for a really long time, and it's raining and windy out, and I just feel battered all to hell. I've had my mask on all day. You know how it goes. You know what you need to do? What? Have yourself a little uh, little bevy. Uh-huh. Perhaps a, a fermented uh, bread drink. Uh-huh. And then you can call yourself beer battered. Oh, like a, like a halibut like or a cod. cod. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Oh shit! Uh, we're we're friends. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. Well, I'm. It's 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 strange. I'm like we. I feel like we're an old married couple. I'm not supposed to feel that way about you. Well, that's mean. <laughs> well, I'm supposed. I think it's a nice thing. I. It's fine, but I'm supposed to be like. You're not even married to Allie yet. Let me have this. All right. All right, you can have it for another year. Yeah, once you get married, then I won't see you for years. Well, is that what you think? That's what happens with married oh, yeah, friends. That's true. That's true. I can't. I'm not looking at anyone in particular here. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even uh, imagine how much less we're both going to see Ryan after. <laughs> What's happening right now? We have a special delivery. We have. Oh, a special delivery. Wait a second. Oh gosh. Regards. Regards. Uh, Jay, Wade. Jay Wade. Who could that be? Do you think? What is happening right now? Do you know any uh-huh. Jay? Do you know any Jay Wades? I know a James Wade, right? But no Jay, Jay Wade. Yeah, I don't know about that. You didn't expect this, did you? I put a splinter cell in your studio. What? A Tom, splinter Tom cell? Tom Clancy's splinter cell? You are. That's right. You're wor- I put Tom Clancy's splinter cell Allie, in the studio. You're working on behalf of this maniac? Yeah, wait a second. A2? A2, Allie? For the listener, uh, Allie, Greg's fiance, uh, soon to be my arch, em- arch nemesis, um, <laughs> uh, has delivered a uh, tray. Uh, with two beers, yeah, on it, uh, and a little a little note card that says "Regards Jay Wade." Um, now, this is either some kind of elaborate scheme to yeah. poison us. Yeah, I don't think it's that. You don't think so? No, you're I more think, trusting than I. I think he's. Um, I I think James is just being a true friend right now. Well, I will say the the beer that was delivered to us is uh, eighty eight uh, from eighty eight Brewing, yeah, here in Calgary. It's hologram uh, wheat. It's ale. a hologram white ale. Yeah. Now a hologram mm. is an illusion. Oh God, you're paranoid. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Can you pass me a beer? Oh yeah. 
You see, for my final appearance on uh, Two Bad Neighbors, I demand to be a part of the Barley Buds. You you demand to talk some suds with the Barley Buds? I want to talk suds with the GD Barley Buds. Uh, The GDBBs. This is a really great way to do it. Do you have a beer? Oh, uh, he does. He, he, he does. Got one. He held a beer up to the he camera. He does. Uh. All right. Well, you know what? Uh, James, not in quotations. <laughs> oh. Oh, wow. You've been upgraded on Greg's behalf. Yeah. I've broken yeah. through. I don't think you've broken through with Alan yet. No, I'm still, I'm very skeptical. But um, cheers. But you know friend. what? I'm also adventurous. So I'm going to drink this, even though I'm afraid it's got poison in it. Um, and this will be the true test. The true, the true test of friendship. Wouldn't it be crazy if that one had poison in it and mine didn't? <laughs> well, I know I haul. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I'm too tired to run the show by myself. <laughs> no, no. This was just to uh, celebrate the final season of uh, Two Bad Neighbors. Congratulate you on such a uh, momentous achievement. Uh, and also... Just to let uh, you know that I I know where your studio is, oh. and I've just I'm just making a statement here. Uh, oh, right okay. now I'm getting yeah a now little, now I'm starting to feel started it. out very nice yeah. and then became a yeah. little. Don't try to find me. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, now now I'm I'm really thinking I should have listened to you. Yeah, this might have been. But poison. you know what? Uh, I've already drank some, so. Yeah. If it's poison, I'm dying anyway. I'm yeah. gonna die out uh, while going out on top. Yeah, let's go down with the ship. Um, hey, you know, that's a that's a good beer you got there. It you is know a what? good beer. We're talking suds with the barley buds. Let's make it official. Welcome to the barley buds. My name's Alan. <laughs> and my name's oh. Greg. Oh, you know us with the barley buds. <laughs> oh yeah, we're at the top of Mount Lushmore. Hell yeah. <laughs> Today we're talking about eighty-eight breweries. Eighty-eight and Calgary Opera. Calgary, home of the flames. And go flames, go. We're drinking hologram. White hologram, ale, hologram. White ale. Truly white outrageous. Ale. Oh, gem. Sparkling Truly outrageous. Notes. Gem in the hologram. Is that reference? Citrus. <laughs> All right. That was an episode of the Barley Buds. Yeah. That's why we don't do you it. You forget that it's like a shock jock show. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and we don't have a soundboard. So we it's just not, do the sounds with our mouths. It's not everything I dreamed, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> so much worse. <laughs> um, this is pretty good, though. I, I haven't. Ha- I usually really like 88, uh, so I you know, wasn't expecting not to enjoy it, but, uh, but it's very good. Uh, a white ale. Yeah. Uh, what are you drinking, James? Uh, I'm drinking a juicy IPA uh, from a brewery. In a country, in a city. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah, so it's got a. I almost got it's, yeah. it's got a bit of juice, bit of juice, and a lot of hops. It's uh, it's nice. I just I, I poured the rest of my beer in my glass, and sure it's did. a little too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've had this it. I've had this beer a couple of times, and I really enjoy it. I'm a I'm a real big fan of white ale. Hmm, interesting. I haven't been back in Calgary for a while, but this place has a reputation of having great pizza that is hard to get. Oh, I don't think I've ever had their pizza. Me neither. Yeah. Because they only make like... Yeah. That, that it was a pizza. Like they had pizza. It's like, it doesn't happen every day that they're open. It only happens between certain hours and like they make a certain number and then it's done. So like if you don't get one of their 10 pizzas right. in a day, 
you don't get their pizza. Oh, it's like the it's like the ramen place in um, Chikimania. Yeah, 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 in Bridgeland. Yeah, 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 in Bridgeland. yeah. Oh, I think I you'd like more, it. I probably. Yeah. I, I I was thinking more like uh, a lot of barbecue places will do that kind of thing. Mm, you yeah, know, because they want to like with the ribs, like slow roast for days. Yeah. There, so they have a certain amount set aside each day. They have their brisket. <laughs> yeah, yep, that sure. they roasted overnight. Once it's gone, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. We should go to Shikimania sometime. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that'd be fun. It's, I've I've heard good things. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's great. Yeah. We should also get barbecue sometime. Oh God. The last time we did, years ago now. But yeah, we should absolutely do that. Yeah. Or at least, you know, if things just stop opening up, we should just, you know barbecue stuff? Have some barbecue over here. Yeah, that'd be fun. Because I got a barbecue. Oh nice. I know how to barbecue ribs. Do you? Yeah, I mean, you buy the pre-cooked ones, so you just basically <laughs> heat it up. Right, I, I buy this pack from Montana's. Yeah, it says Montana's-style ribs, and I drop <laughs> it on the barbecue. It's like, uh, what's it called, like shrink-wrapped? You know it. So it, it locks in the flavor. Sure does. Just as good as fresh. Yep. <laughs> it tastes fine. Uh, it, it is fine. <laughs> I've had it before, it's fine. But a good barbecue place. There was a place uh, I went to uh, with James... Uh, in New York City. I don't know why we were in New York City, the, the two of us. That's but, weird. But we were yes. hanging out in New York, and we went to a barbecue place, and it was really good. Do you remember what that place was called, James? Uh, I don't remember. It was in Queens. That's yeah, all I remember. That's all I remember, too. But <laughs> but it was uh, it was one of those things where, uh, like, oh, we'd like d- dinner, please, you know? And they're like, <laughs> they're like, all right, well, we'll put your name down. It might be, like, 30 minutes. Right. And then we had that moment of, like, oh, should we go somewhere else, or should we wait? And we made the decision to wait, and uh, it was a great decision because it was <laughs> yeah. so good. And it was it was a hard decision because we were so hungry. We were so hungry, yeah. And also, I remember very specifically they didn't have the dessert that Alan wanted, so she oh, brought yeah. uh, apple apple pie schnapps shots That's for right. the table. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I think I wanted like some kind of apple crumble or uh, something because it's usually my favorite uh, dessert to go with a barbecue dinner. Great choice. And yeah, they were like, oh, we're out, but here are some apple pie shots. And we're like, all right. Yeah, and there was one for her too. So we yeah, just. Which was oh, cute. It was um, nice. Yeah. That sounds like a great time. It was very nice. Uh, yeah. yeah. I want to go back to New York someday. I don't know why I would go there though. I don't really know anyone there. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> well, thank you, James. Uh, Still in quotes, but uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to ruin it. You know, I feel like, I feel like, if as long as everything goes smoothly, mm. by the end of the episode, those quotes will be gone. Right. Okay. So I just don't want to like yeah. over overdo it too quick, because then he might just be like, "Haha, I got what I wanted. See ya." And then he and just... I want to hear his thoughts on this episode. Right. So. Sure. Sure. Um. But yes, this is very nice. Uh, I uh enjoy beer. <laughs> I like beer. I like beer. Ah, <laughs> oh, classic. My name's Alan, and I like to party. <laughs> <laughs> someday you will again yes yeah um so uh yeah how have you been james since the last time oh. we, we spoke which was two s- no it was uh city of new york versus homer simpson it was uh was the last time we had yeah one. it was years ago that's right that was that early was pandemic i believe yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so like a year. uh well yeah without giving away my location since then uh my wife and i have had a had a son so yeah a bouncing baby boy she let on about that a little bit bouncing baby boy child yeah he's today for the first time he had banana oh wow big day how how did he feel about it oh he was way into it yeah nice yeah yeah yeah. my my man he was damn covered in banana by the end of his banana experience 
It's less what I wanted, but <laughs> well, that's the that's the best way to eat banana. Just sh- just put it all over your face. It's great for your skin. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you do a banana. You do a bath. You cover yourself in aquifer baby, mm. and uh, you'll feel great. Your skin feels amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I should do that. Yeah. <laughs> just like. Just some good skincare tips. So for adults, though, it's yeah. like less like you want to take the banana and just like ram it into your face. You want to like <laughs> maybe put it in like a mixer, like mm. and, and like Mo- be- moosh it. Yeah, moosh it, and then you mm. just put your face in the bowl. Sure. So you Mrs. Doubtfire yourself essentially. Of yeah, yeah. And then or uh, Alec Baldwin in The Departed, <laughs> right, right, in, right into the ice. Yeah, I think you may be a cop, my son. <laughs> Splash. Uh, and then you can make banana bread. Yep. With the remnants. Yeah. Delicious. Banana face bread. It's, it's, it's called banana face bread. I made it myself. Uh, you'll find many of my beard hairs. <laughs> That's part of it. It's part of the experience. <laughs> Eat slowly. <laughs> okay, everybody. Well, I, I also have a, another question. Yeah. For Mr. James. Have you been to the movie theater recently? Oh, yeah. No, but I've thought about it so much. I'm like, I'm so excited and I am ready to go to the movie theater. I'm just picking the one to come back to. Mm. I know, like, I would be happy to go to any movie, but I'm really excited to see two movies that are coming out right around my birthday. And I think either one of those two is going to be the one. Can we take a guess? Uh, Oh, go for it. Yeah. Fnine. No, that's. That one's late, late June. Oh, so okay. Pretty, pretty far away. Um, my guess is uh, 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 Annabelle, too. Is yeah. it, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's coming out, the, you guys. The Conjuring, the Conjuring <laughs> Three, sure, whatever that new one is. Annabelle, Dolls, <laughs> Job. It's the Conjuring <laughs> Three. I don't know. I'm telling you. No, I know. I'm just saying. I, like you're saying, like how how did you not know this? And it's saying, not The Conjuring. 3. Okay, it's not The Conjuring. 3. I just I'm honestly trying to remember what movies are even coming out because it's not in my lexicon currently because movie theaters aren't open here. Yeah, that's I, I think there's one that Alan is probably pretty excited for. This is my oh, guess, shit. but I don't know. Oh damn! Wait, wait, wait what? <laughs> it's not The French Dispatch, is it? Uh, no, that's a ways away. That's I think. a ways away still. God damn! That's it's a Wes a, Anderson. Uh, it's gonna be shit. <laughs> I know. James loves them. <laughs> <laughs> It's his most recent movie, so by a rule, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> yeah, and I will, I will upgrade yeah, Isle, of Isle of Dogs, Dogs will to be, be a great all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it works. Okay, Alan, it's a musical. Oh, is it in the Heights? In the Heights. Yeah. 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 Shit. Yeah, God baby. Damn it. That's supposed to be out last ex- summer. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see In the Heights, and the other one I'm really looking forward to is The Green Knight. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm looking forward yeah. to that too. That's David Gordon a, Green. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it David Gordon Green? Or no, it's, it David, it's Lowry? David Lowry. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. What's, what's uh? I get them mixed up all the time. David Gordon Green's David the Green? Halloween guy. That's okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, David Lowry. Yeah, yeah. He did Ghost Story. Yeah. Um, which is one of my favorite movies of that year. It's a great movie. It's it's fucking weird, but I love it. Yeah. And yeah. That's what I hope the Green Knight will be. <laughs> Don't you just love it in that movie when some some guy with a beard stops by to tell you the thesis of it? Yeah, that was me. <laughs> That is a great role. That's <laughs> a, that's that's a great role for you. Yeah. I didn't know that was you. It was well, you know, it, it was guerrilla filmmaking. It was right. just me. I didn't know I was in the movie. Oh, okay, that's, that's just, just how I act. That's how you talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a pretentious dick. Oh, you didn't know this from doing podcast for six plus years. You know, it's never come up. All right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm very excited to go back to the movie theater. Um, I was hoping I would see Mortal Kombat. In yeah. Um, but uh, that <laughs> that fever dream was uh, just whisked away yeah. many months ago. Um, and now, I don't know. I don't think there's any clear n- knowledge right now in Canada, in Calgary, uh, when movie theaters will open. All I know is uh, one-shot summer... And we might be able to do some things, but because movie theaters are indoors, um, they might take longer to reopen. I don't know. I really don't know. I just want them. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, And unlike James, I would go see fucking Doolittle in theaters again right now if I could. Yeah, me too. Um, (laughs) I understand that it's it's nice to have a movie you're really excited for to be the first one. But I'm like I'm just so clamoring for it that like I I would prefer that too. And if I could plan things out that way, I probably would do it. But like literally, if like tomorrow, they're like hey, movie theaters reopen, but there's no new movies. It's just like a bunch of first runs from last year or whatever. I'd be there immediately. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I totally feel you. I the thing is, I just have to plan my like outings more when now that I have a child. Yeah, so that like, makes sense. Yep, like a sitter. I need to get a sitter. Right. Need to have a date night. You know. <laughs> Can't bring that little boy into the theater. It's a whole thing. Hold him on your lap. Nah, I see people do nah, that. Nah, 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 nah. I need to. I need to hold a giant thing of popcorn yeah. and like the biggest drink in the world. Yeah, mm. Mm. yeah. You should know, James wouldn't do people like that. People who bring their children, their infant, baby children to movie theaters. Yeah, should be ejected from society. Yeah. Well, they. I. I don't know about. Uh, uh, everywhere, but I remember they for a while there was like that, um, uh, like parents uh, night. What what the fuck was it called? It was like a matinee perform uh, showing of a movie. Yeah, where it was like in, it was like the time when you could bring your children, and so like everyone's in the same I, boat. Yeah, everyone there has their little babies that are whining, and so you're all like, <laughs> it's a living. In Lethbridge at the movie mill, it was called Hollywood Babes, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that sounds. Familiar. Cineplex yeah. would do it on like. Sunday mornings and stroller strollers yeah. and something stars and strollers. That sounds right. And I I went to one and it, I went to Nomeo and Juliet. Wait, wait, long story. Why did you? No, no, hold on. <laughs> Where, where's your child, Greg? Hey, what? Where's your child? What do you mean? Wait a minute. If you complain about this experience, I have no sympathy for you. No, I didn't complain about. I, I will. I will okay. not complain about it. I. I knew exactly what I was doing. Um, Wait, I. Are you my father? What? What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't I'm know. like. No, I'm like 78 years younger than you are. Well, time travel though. <laughs> for all right. I know, right? Time travel though. That. That's no. This is a good time to bring in time travel to the podcast. <laughs> We're almost done. <laughs> It's about now. <laughs> the bit can you heard, sustain it. You, <laughs> you. Oh yeah, keep going. You heard me complain about you uh-huh. on this podcast in yeah. the future. That's right. Uh, so much that you came back in time yep. to co-host with me yep. to sh- prove that my father does care about me, and it's you. That's right. It's been me the whole time. I'm tying all the bits together. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm so old. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Anyway, no, no, the it it's holding together. It's holding it's together airtight. like glue. It's like primer. Yeah, and duct tape. Yeah, primer. <laughs> Sound science. Sound. 
It's interesting you bring that up. I was mm. um, I was just you know thinking about watching it again. Primer? Yeah. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Such a fucking slog. Yeah, it is. I like it as a conceptual film. It's so short, but I would but it's never so watch it long. <laughs> We've just learned from Christopher Nolan's Tenet that time travel is just burying things underground and then sending them into the past to be dug up. Yes. It's a reverse time capsule. It's a yeah. it's a temporal pincer movement, you mean. That's right. That's exactly yeah. what I mean. Everyone knows what that means. Yep. Temporal pincer movement. <laughs> it's a crab. It's a crab that goes through time mm. with its pincers. It, it pinces things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They call uh, it the pinch. Yeah. It it, 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 it pinces, pinces your temples. <laughs> and then it pins it it pinces Mike Pence. Oh God. Help. <laughs> I'm in a reference spiral. Yeah, no, it's okay. We can pull right. you out if you want to just, you know, jump over to the episode that we're talking about. Do we want to talk about it? Why not? All right. We're here to talk about an episode of The Simpsons. It's called Mom and Pop Art. It's the 19th episode of season 10. Written by Al Jean. Directed by Stephen Dean Moore. Original air date, April 11th, 1999. And just I want to say right at the top, uh, fuck you, Al Jean. <laughs> wow. Wow. He's, wow. he's back. He's back, baby. And he's worse than ever. Yes, he is. How could you say something so controversial, yet so brave? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the tagline to our podcast. Um, controversial so, and brave? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Uh, I did want to say, so Al Jean was gone from Simpsons for a while. Yeah. Uh, this is his first written up like credited writing episode since he came back uh and it's his first without mike reese yes uh the two of them worked on teen angel in the interim oh yeah which uh what? we've talked about on the podcast before yeah we have that and... i watched as a kid but i don't think you did no it still doesn't it like it's uh james did you ever watch teen angel i don't know if this has come up when you've been on I did watch teen angel there was like a giant head in the sky played by ron glass who went on to right. the Shepherd book on Firefly. That's right. Yeah, no, I would. I watched it because I watched anything on TGIF where I believe it <laughs> yeah. was, uh, but I was not into it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, obviously my, my my recollection of it is similar. Like, I just watched it because it was on, a, on the TV and I was a little kid who liked TV. Um, yeah. So I couldn't put any, like, I remember liking it, because, especially because it was so short-lived. Um, but I do remember the big head. And I remember just the concept of the mo- of the show is a kid dies from eating old hamburger, <laughs> and he comes back as an angel and helps his bud. Can you believe that ABC had a lineup called TGIF for years, and it was like, to my recollection, extremely popular. Yeah, and right? you know what? I thanked I thanked God it every was, Friday. Yeah, it was Friday, absolutely. But now, like. And weird, it didn't have anything to do with the restaurant franchise. Yeah, but is that that's but that's like TGI Fridays, not TGIF. But like, if he shortened it, it would be. It would be TGI legally distinct. <laughs> yes. Uh, my my New Year's every night. My main thing, uh, my main point though is like, it was strange that like only a couple years after that is where f- is like Friday nights became the night where TV shows would go to die. You know, mm, like if you got mm. moved to Friday night, that would become a kind of like a ratings dead zone. Was TGIF evening though? 
Do you remember? Yes, it was. Yeah. Okay. It was like it was like between seven and nine o'clock. Right. I it was feel. like post dinner, like family watch TV together. It's prime time. Sure. Yeah. What I'm thinking, it's like you're a preteen who like wants to look at attractive young people kissing or something, but like mm. you don't have friends yet where you can actually go out and like. On, you don't go out on a Friday night typically. Right? Yeah, as a don't tw- have, as a twelve year old, you can't go out and kiss. Yeah, right. You, you don't have friends yet. You don't have Seinfeld yet. Yeah. Yes. You don't have, so if you you're know. me, you just watch Sabrina. You watch Boy Meets World, and then eventually you watch Electric Circus, and you imagine yourself there. Yeah. Cool. That's exactly right. That's exactly. You sound right. like a cool kid. I watched. I, I watched so Sabrina cool. Boy Meets World all the time. What was the genie one, James? Do you remember? It was right after Teen Angel. Kazam. No. Not without my genie. No, you're both wrong. No. <laughs> Talk to the genie. No, it's called like best wishes or some shit. Three best wishes. Hold on, I'm going to find out. My genie friend. So I don't get like 20 different Twitter answers telling me what this genie TGIF genie, is. Genie weenie polka dot bikini. Just, just getting so further from the truth. It was called You Wish. It was called You Wish. So memorable. I was right. It had wish in there. Yeah. <laughs> what a d- what a dumb title. Um, but you didn't watch that one. That was right after Teen uh, Angel, and I remember being like, "Ooh, it's a you know fantasy." <laughs> Maybe I just switched off at Teen Angel and I did not come back. Let's see who was in this. See if anyone I know was in this show. John Ailes as Genie. Oh, Jerry Van Dyke as Grandpa. I remember that. Nathan Lawrence as Travis Apple. I don't know any of these people. <laughs> <laughs> You don't know Travis Apple? I'm afraid not. Why was her last name Apple? That's weird. Well, probably, you know, something you would remember. All right. Anyway. Um, well, uh, the episode. <laughs> yeah, James. It's written yeah. by Al Jean. That's all I wanted to say. And I don't like him. Oh, I see. And fuck him. <laughs> um, James, you requested this episode? Uh, I did, or I believe it was probably suggested by Alan because, uh, as as I guess we'll get into now, I probably described my interest in The Simpsons as starting to wane with this episode. Okay, when this is I, your Tamako when I look episode. back on it. Yeah, this is my Tamako. Yeah. So, like around this time when this episode aired was probably like the full peak of my like Simpsons fandom. I loved watching the reruns. I like watched the CBC five o'clock airing every day after school as, as Greg did, as you probably did, Alan. Uh, and then I got into watching the new ones on Sunday. All of my friends were watching the Simpsons and I was just all about it. And then this episode hit and I was really excited for it. Cause like my uh, parents are either artists or are in art administration. And I thought like, Oh, this will be f- so fun. <laughs> and I just thought like the setup for it was like, so, so funny. And I was like 12 years old at the time. <laughs> 12 or 13. Yeah. And I just, I came away from the end of the episode just being like, huh, that was like really, they really took some big swings. And uh, <laughs> I felt, I sort of felt nothing uh, by yeah. the end of it. And then I sort of felt like the, um, that sort of like empty feeling or that sort of lacking feeling oh, no. uh, sort of con- continued as I watched The Simpsons. And I sort of traced it back to this episode. Now I've been watching along with season 10 uh, and listening to your show. And like, there's a lot of bad season 10 (laughs) episodes. Uh, So I don't know why I single this one out in my memory, but I definitely do. I I would imagine like just based on, 
on the very reason that we do this show, it's probably the personal reason. It's probably yeah. because like, oh, this sticks in my head because it reminds me of my folks. And yeah. And that becomes your that that becomes like the the thumbtack in your brain. Mm. And I remember asking my dad, I'm like, who's Jasper Johns? Yeah. Right. Did he have an answer? He did. He's like, oh, he's like uh, an American, famous American conceptual artist, uh, very influential. And I'm like, oh, does he like steal, steal stuff? Was that like his thing? And he's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think there was a controversy of him stealing, you know, the inspiration for some of his paintings or something like that. Wow. Oh, what? So he's a thief. <laughs> he's a he, he's an art thief. Who calls himself an artist? Interesting. That's mm. like if, you know, the great artist Thomas Crown. <laughs> Alan has his head in his hands. <laughs> Every I time. Also saw you the always got to bring it back to the Thomas Crown affair. Do I? <laughs> it's come up on this podcast way more than it should. Really? <laughs> That's interesting. In my recollection, the Thomas Crown Affair came out not too far from this episode, maybe like the early 2000s. It came out in 1999. No, really? It was 99. Oh, wow. So the same year. And I saw that movie with my dad in theaters, and it was very uncomfortable between us when the sex scene was happening. Yeah, sure. Let's talk about that. Yeah, that's the only... Again, it's come up on the podcast because I've had to say this many times. Uh-huh. The only thing I remember with that movie is Sex on the Stairs. Hell yeah. Because yeah. I was, a, like James, I was a young child. Um, you know, 52. And... Uh-huh. Uh, and it was titillating, and so that's m- the memory burn. But uh, I haven't watched it since. So, right, yeah. you should watch it again. All right, it's a good movie. Oh, cinnamon, where are you gonna run to? That I mean, that's a good it. song. Yeah, it's like the big heist song. That makes sense. Yeah, because it's saying like, where are you gonna run to? Yeah, and you got to run away when and you're he's stealing. A, and he's a sinner man. And he's a sinner because you're stealing. Yeah. Yeah. Thou shalt not sin. I mean, steal. And it, yeah. in that scene, <laughs> everyone's the, covering that's... their faces with apples, right? It's yeah, like... it's the bowler hats with yeah. apples. Yeah, the Ten Commandments right. are, <laughs> thou shalt not sin, and then a bunch of other things. Yeah, thou shalt not sin. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first one. You're like, oh damn it! It's in the commandments. <laughs> wow, that that covers some ground. Yeah, that's it a really good one. does it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, watching it this time, James, I presume you watched it again. Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, you just paused. So I was like, oh, shit. Did am, you I, love am I it? calling him out? Um, <laughs> yeah, what did you think this time? It's probably quite a few, few years removed from the last time you saw it, I imagine. Yes. Uh, I probably haven't watched it, at least in 10 years, Just maybe just seeing it on TV. Yeah. Uh, but I, I found myself, like, maybe a, a little curious, like, why this one... <laughs> was so so bad like i think there are definitely worse episodes in season 10 right and uh there are there are jokes that i laughed at that i thought were pretty funny but i feel like i still had a similar feeling at the end of the episode wherein i sort of feel like they're just throwing stuff at the wall and i think part of my objection to it as a kid that i felt in some way was like even when it bothered me I knew that like the contract you make with the Simpsons is that whatever crazy thing happens in the episode, they sort of go back to normal at the end of the episode or whatever crazy thing happened sort of becomes the fabric of their world in some subtle way. And at the end of this episode, as a kid, I'm like, you can't just do that. (laughs) You've ruined the the town. Right. You're talking about the flood specifically. The flood specifically. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. 
yeah, and I, I still sort of felt like, I don't know, like they're no longer doing their best idea. Like, <laughs> um, if they've got a giant list of like episode ideas, they've, I feel like they've turned the page from like the ones they're excited about. Yeah, I mean, this, I kind of saw this episode as an amalgamation of several uh, past episodes in a way. Um, Bart gets famous. Um, the, uh, uh, fuck, what's the episode where they trash the city? Uh, I can't remember. Oh, Trash of the Titans. Yes, thank you. Um, Trash of the Titans, uh, except they don't move the city once it gets destroyed. It, yeah, just... the way you describe it, James, very similar endings, the, those two episodes. Yeah. What happens at the end of Trash of the Titans? The uh, Homer uh, gets the mob to uh, from various big cities to uh, use Springfield as a dumping ground for their trash. And then they put right. it all underground in a mine, and then it ends up like uh, destroying the city, and they just move the entire city um, on trucks. Right. <laughs> Which really, really bothered me this time around. <laughs> sure did. Because I'm like, you can't do that. That's not... What about the basements? <laughs> <laughs> but what about the basements? <laughs> well, that's interesting also because like the, the episode in Mom and Pop Art well, that were talking about uh shows not much if any of uh homer's uh conceptual art backfiring except when we see millhouse and he walks triumphantly out of his room with his flood pants and you see that the flood is indeed a flood and it's obviously getting into houses. everyone's house at least a story up yeah you know like everyone's house from from the second level down is ruined now what yeah. if greg what if and james what if the episode ended with a voiceover saying oh and then the city was cleaned up by oh let's say mo i would love it yeah i knew you fucking would <laughs> you fucking turd. i i w- i i really would i would i would soften on it a little <laughs> Damn it! Let's try to make a point. Backfired. <laughs> um, yeah, Sometimes but it's, it's the that funny same... joke just wins. <laughs> I, it's true. I, it's just I feel like that that feeling you have about the end of the episode on in this case, James, is similar to how I feel about Das Bus yeah. and a lot of episodes in general, especially in season nine and ten, that start to just like not care about their endings. Uh, they're just like I don't know, wrap things up, whatever, you know. Um, consequences are not important. Yeah, and that's just kind of that makes me personally care about the show less because they seem to care about the show less. Right. Um uh the other episode I wanted to mention is of course Brush with Greatness, which I think is the other one that is mashed together for this episode. Um obviously like directly referenced several times with Marge. Yeah. Um but uh that that whole like dynamic also really kind of irks me this time around because I feel like they should have done more with that. Like I think that should have been the heart of this episode was Homer becoming an artist through through like com- mostly complete accident, um, and Marge having spent many times uh, pursuing an art, not necessarily a career, but just like she wanted her art to be known or she wanted people to recognize her for her art, um, and I liked the 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 little nugget that they had of her being slightly resentful to Homer for it. Um, I don't think she should have been mad about it. Like her being really mad at him didn't ring true to me. Um, but her being like maybe having a bit of like, 
self guilt, not guilt, uh, but like uh, down on herself about it, being like, oh, like, I, I'm really proud of you, Homer, but also like I'm feeling, you know, shitty because I want to be an artist and I put a lot of work into being an artist and no one ever gave a shit. Is there something to, uh, now, this is just a complete rewrite that I'm about to pitch here. Uh-huh. But is there something to uh, taking the idea of Marge saying, like, what if it was a fluke and Homer being like, oh, God, you're right. Um, so I've, I'm a, I have a, an art show coming up and I have no new ideas. Marge, what do I do? Right. And she does it. So under mo- his name. Yeah, so it's under the movie. It's the movie Big Eyes. It's exactly the movie Big Eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm interested something in that, that because, there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested in that because the thing that's missing for me in the Marge storyline, which in theory I'm very attracted to because yeah. it's actually sort of ups the emotional stakes in their relationship and is also just a sort of as an artist, I really feel for her yeah. in that moment. So What's missing, though, is any action of hers related to her feeling. So, I mean, I I like that as a pitch. Well, thanks. You can buy it for $20,000. Oh, wonderful. No. (laughs) (laughs) Turn it into an NFT. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, I almost feel like they they try to do something with that at the very end, but it's so brushed aside because they have this big brush. uh, All right. (laughs) This big flood set piece that they focus on, but because she's painting a really beautiful piece of the city, uh, you know, flooded. Yeah, it's beautiful. And Homer like tells her it's how great it is, and then they kiss, and then Jasper John steals it, and you know, again, it's like it's like what like they they again are just trying to get like as many quote unquote jokes as possible when you have like a nice heartfelt moment. They're like, ah, it's getting too sappy, guys. We need it. We need some laughs here. Remember, Put something silly in there. It's a comedy show. Yoink! That'll Yoink. be funny, right? Remember that word that we invented. And I, I would have. I think I would have really liked if you know at Homer's show where uh, where it doesn't go well, where they're like, oh, like you're you're doing the same thing. It's old hat, whatever. Uh, if maybe that's when maybe one of them sees something Marge is doing, and they're like, oh, like you're like this is great, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, or even just not even like one of those dumb art people, but like. Uh, you know, Lisa, like Lisa being like, mom, this is really beautiful, you know? And maybe she realizes, oh, like, yeah, my art may not be commercial, but it can still like inspire and be, you know, be good to some people. You know, for as much as we uh, tend to come down on B stories sometimes, Mm. I think this episode was kind of either aching for a B story or really needed a tangential one, like a little bit of like a like a very related one, you know, like Homer and Marge's experience with right. this new art world. Yeah, something I mean, it, that something that takes us a little bit away yeah. from Homer because there's I don't actually outright hate Homer in this episode. No, I think I think he uh, puts himself in a in a good Homer <laughs> character yeah. position. But that's I think not jerk ass, but is you know isn't quite the yeah. the same Homer I I usually like. But he's close enough that I'm okay with him. I just think there's a little too much of him. Yes, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. yeah, I think that they yeah. they they leaned into it being a Homer story in yeah. bold letters and too much pop. Too much pop, not enough mom. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah. Uh so how do we feel mm. about abstract art? Uh, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I like abstract art. I've always been sort of a defender of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like to go to the galleries. I really like Mark Rothko and Pollock and things like but that. But he's just no. the red guy. He paints red. <laughs> it's just blocks of color. I don't... Isn't that? Yeah. Isn't that just... Isn't that, that is that abstract? Yeah, yeah I was, that's abstract. I was going to say yeah. I, I I used abstract in a pretty uh, I, I meant it in a more specific way, but uh, abstract art is very a much broader term than I meant it. Um, I guess I mean specifically the kind of art that Homer's doing in this episode, which I outsider art, outsider art, right? Um, and and fa- like found art is that also kind of what he's doing? I don't know. Like, it seems. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it seems like his thing might fit into that, but like, I guess in my conception of it, found art is literally something you find, not something you create. Right. Right. So he, him, even though he's accidentally creating these pieces, he's still creating them. Like he's still putting action into making them happen. Especially the later right. ones, which is when he's like, because of his first piece, the barbecue thing, um, yeah, is all unintentionally uh, a piece of art, as it were. Um, he's yeah. trying to build a barbecue and he fucks it up. <laughs> um, and then it drops out of his car and, you know, like, so it's definitely, I, I guess you could maybe call that found art more so, but it still is like, he has an active, uh, process in making it a thing. If that makes For sense. For sure. Uh, there was a, the, when I think of found art, I think of a, a, a piece of literally piece of garbage that my dad found, uh, once upon a time and like thought it was really compelling and put it up on his office wall which is it was a uh, a, McDo- a large McDonald's fry container, but it had been like blasted open and sort of laying flat on the the road and run over many times. <laughs> so it was just it was just this flat shape that looked so weird. It, it looked sort of otherworldly. Like who created this thing? And then just had tire tracks all across it. He flattened it out and put it on his office wall, and it like. It always attracted my attention. I always looked at it. I'm like, what is that? Oh, it's that. So that to me is like found art where it's like it becomes it becomes something else even though it is already something. Right. Now if now here's my question, just out, mostly out of curiosity. If someone had painted that that exact thing, right? Yeah. It wouldn't be found art anymore, right? No, no. Yeah. But arguably because like you, in a sense yeah. it's 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 giving forth the same uh, like like uh, meaning and the same uh, like fascination that one might have, except or if someone took a picture of it, would a picture of it also not be found art? Uh, a picture of it, I think, is a better argument because. Yeah. But even a picture, like you are still adding creative elements. Yeah. How much light is in the frame? How you're framing it? How big it is? How many megapixels? Where you put it on the wall? Megapixels, sure. Remember those? Like, <laughs> yeah. You're still you're still adding something to it instead of just putting it in an artistic space. Hmm. Now, did you put a frame around it? I guess you could put a frame around it. No, but did he? Uh, did he? No, no. Okay. It just uh, he put he just put a thumbtack through Interesting. it. Interesting thumbtack though. Yeah. That's still doing something. Yeah, he chose the color of the thumbtack. I mean, it's oh, there, it's ruined. <laughs> I'm being very pedantic, obviously, but I, I am fascinated by the the concept of found art and the concept of uh, even outsider art or like just this idea that. Uh, art can be uh, can be found in many things. Art can be attributed to many things, and uh, we even see in this episode the whole fact that Homer inadvertently creates his first piece, and that's what gets people excited. 
And then when he puts effort into the other ones, that's when they're like, ah, it's hacky, you know? Yeah. And I think there's something to that with almost any piece, any art form where it's like, oftentimes people are way more fascinated by inadvertent uh, successes than like, you know, you have, uh, I feel like, you, okay, <laughs> this is a bit of a tangent, but I feel like there's this, this thing that always like comes up with uh, a lot of movies that I like to talk about is this idea of emotional manipulation, right? Like that con that is a concept where it's like, oh, like this movie made me very sad and I could tell that they wanted me to be sad, therefore I'm mad at it. Ah, uh, yes. You know? Yeah. yeah. Versus like yeah. people who uh who get uh who who get get emotionally worked up from a film, but they don't feel like it was like trying to get them to cry, but they did, and they're like, Oh, that was so powerful. I didn't, you know, like and I'm just like I'm always I'm always interested in it because I feel like emotional manipulation is always happening with any piece of art you know but it's just a matter of whether you uh whether you enjoy that manipulation or not um you know and there's there's some arguments that could be made where it's like a bit more blatant i guess but like you know having sad moments having sad things happen in movies like the the person behind it is trying to get you to feel sad i don't like the term i guess is, yeah. uh, is the long and short of it because i feel like people only use it when they're just they're just upset that the movie made them feel things and they don't feel it was it was earned perhaps mm -hmm. and i'm like well if it made you feel things it doesn't that inherently make it earned like wh like what part of it i f i personally feel like i if i'm watching a movie and i feel nothing uh, i don't go oh it was emotionally manipulative i say yeah i didn't i didn't get anything from it you know like that kind of thing versus oh i could tell they wanted me to cry but i didn't and like ha ah, i win like <laughs> I yeah. don't know, it's this weird thing. I used to be much more on guard about that sort of thing. Sure. At like like much more on guard about that sort of thing. But like now if a movie makes me feel anything, <laughs> I am so on board because I haven't felt anything in so long. Sometimes where I get tripped up in watching a movie now is not when they're trying to elicit like a cathartic emotion out of me, although sometimes that happens. I feel like certain movies, like they're just going right for catharsis without making a point as well. But I've seen certain films and certain, and a lot of ones that people really like where I'm so frustrated and angry with the movie and annoyed at their choices. And I come away being like, oh, they wanted me to be frustrated and annoyed, but that doesn't necessarily win my respect back. <laughs> <laughs> is that like, uh, like Von Trier maybe? Like, is that... Von Trier is a great think, example yeah. of that. Yeah. Where I uh, or um, do you ever guess here ever see a more? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I felt, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I re was really like it's such a well-made movie that I just fundamentally like sort of hate the worldview of, and okay. I'm not going to like respect the movie just because I hate it and it wants me to or something. Is that Haneke? Did you? It is Haneke, right? Yeah. It's Hanukkah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I just remember, I don't remember being frustrated or annoyed in that sense. I mean, it's a very sad movie because it's a very sad uh, story. Um, I was very sad watching it. I don't know if I'd ever watch it again. And so I could understand being like annoyed in that sense. I don't know. I, 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 but again, I wouldn't call it emotionally manipulative. I know you didn't, but I'm just like, I'm trying to think of like, if there's ever been a time where I would uh, be okay with that term being used as a, as a kind of a criticism, if that makes sense. 
Actually, you know that. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't want to have too big of an argument on Mike because I oh know boy. that you you really liked this Uh-oh. thing. Uh-oh. Uh, but I felt emotionally manipulated by uh, the 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 emotional magic man. What was his name? Emotional magic man. <laughs> you know, he he did a Broadway special. He did a, a oh, theater uh, special in in and of itself. In and of itself, yes. Um, I can't remember the guy's yes. name, but yeah. Yeah, uh, whatever his name was. wasn't. I, I felt really just like, this guy wants catharsis, but I don't actually feel like I'm getting like an idea out of this. Okay. I, yeah, and I've, I mean, I've heard that, I've heard a similar take, or at least I've heard like, there's been very strong opinions on that film slash stage show uh, on both sides. Uh, and I, I definitely... Like I understand people who again like didn't take any take the things that I took from it, but but again I I just I guess I just it's similar to what I'm talking about. I don't understand being mad at the movie for affecting so many people in a positive way and it not working on you, and being like ah like I could tell you wanted me to get have a big uh, revelation from this and it's like I I think he hopes that you will. I don't think it's like you must or like fuck you, you know. Like I and I think that's any art, art like, and that's that's kind of my point. Is I think art, art and artists in general would really like people to take something from their work, but if you don't, they're not going to be like, oh, you just didn't get it or something like. I mean, some bad faith people, I'm sure, probably would, but uh, <laughs> but for the most part, I, like I don't think that's like the uh, you know the 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 negativity that comes towards uh, filmmakers or to artists, whatever is necessarily because um, they tried something and it didn't work on me. And, and like, does that make sense? <laughs> I'm kind of babbling, but. It, it does. And I, I mean, I, I agree with you in a very literal sense in that I don't think he's a bad guy. I'm not going to go to his house and criticize him. I'm not even <laughs> going to send a mean tweet about him. Uh, well, <laughs> but I, but my, my natural inclination just after watching it, is to feel annoyed. Mm. And I'm, I, I wonder where that feeling comes from. I think sometimes this happens when I just, I, I see so many people uh, um, really gravitate towards something and I just, like, I, I, don't, I don't see it. And maybe I'm frustrated with myself for not getting to there. Or sometimes in the case of like a movie like Birdman, where it literally wins over the entire world and I, <laughs> I don't see the substance there. I, I get annoyed and you're right. That's not like, that's not anyone's fault. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I, I get it. Like I do get it. I, I also didn't like Birdman as you know. Um, yeah. But, uh, but I, I never, I, I never fault anyone who does. I know several people who are like, man, I loved Birdman. I'm like, yeah, I didn't like it. You know, like yeah. it just didn't work for me, but I'm glad you got something out of it. Um, I can see like the in and of itself thing. I don't know. Have you seen it, Greg? Nope. Okay. So I won't talk too much more about it, but, uh, um, but I, I can see, that being a bigger sticking point for that in per- that show in particular, just because of how uh, in quotes intimate it it it, it uh, attempts to be, especially at the end. Um, I I got something different from that ending than I think a lot of people did, which again isn't wrong. Like it's what right. I got wasn't wrong, what they got isn't wrong. But I know a lot of people who are like, oh my god, like it it made things so personal in that, and I'm like, ah, like I I didn't feel like it was made it personal. I think oh, that's the, interesting. I think what it what it really put forth is this is this whole th- uh, theory that I think the the show was trying to put forth is this idea that uh, you can know many things about a person, but no matter what, you're never going to know everything about a person. The only person you'll know everything about is yourself, 
And so he does this mentalist trick of like revealing that he knows everyone in the audience's card that they picked at the beginning, right? And it's and they're they're reacting in this like emotional way where it's like, oh my god, you you truly see me. And for me, I'm like, but that's the whole point is that they don't. But it can be very powerful when it seems like they can. I don't well, know if that makes I'll, sense. No, I'll I'll tell you, I really like that reading. Yeah. And I I definitely took the previous meaning of like. I felt this show was asking me, not explicitly, but implicitly was asking me to feel that it was profound. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and I, I, and I, like I said, I've read that take as well, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I get that. I didn't get it when I watched it, but after reading it, I'm like, I can see why people would come away thinking that. And maybe yeah. I was just in a particularly vulnerable space, you know, living alone and uh, having very few, few uh, interactions with humans for a whole year and like that kind of thing. But um, my takeaway was less how like profound it is and more how profound it isn't <laughs> and not that knows? everyone not yeah. that everyone is knowable but that everyone is unknowable yes and that's a, and yet, that's a shared experience it's a shared experience and yet we still try we still try yeah. and know as many people as we can even in brief moments like uh in an audience of a theater show um it's a mentalist show right uh, more yeah. or less yeah it's like storytelling and mentalism and uh some magic uh as well baked into it that's sort of the whole Kaufman thing as well. The Charlie Kaufman thing yeah, is like absolutely. everyone's unknowable. Yeah, that's why I gravitate to him a lot too. You know, so yeah. um, that being said, uh, Derek Gold Gold something Delgadio. There Delgadio. it is. Okay, yeah, I just remembered. <laughs> if anyone hasn't seen it, I do recommend it. Uh, obviously, you got two different takes from it, uh, and I've, like I said, heard many people dislike it, many people love it. Uh, I just, I think it's a a recommended viewing for me, regardless, because I think it's it can you can get some very powerful stuff from it, or you can be like, hey, here's the reason I don't like it. <laughs> That's fine too. Um, but I will say, terrific like illusions, terrific oh, magic yeah. tricks, cool magic stuff. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, Anyway, uh, back to this artist, Homer Simpson. Right. Greg? <laughs> yeah, what about it? <laughs> well, what was your thought on the episode in general? I feel like we haven't got your, your overall take. Well, this is an episode that a long time ago I really enjoyed. Um, I thought Everything's Coming Up Millhouse was the pinnacle of comedy. And, um, yeah, nothing's changed. This episode rules. <laughs> Wait, this episode rules, pinnacle of comedy. These are hot takes. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, of course. Uh, I, I think this episode's pretty messy. I think they have, they present themselves with a plot that I would have liked to see explored at the very beginning of the episode, but treated as a tossed-off joke that they come back and and revisit in an in a equally tossed-off fashion at the very end there. I, I have no interest in the plot as it is. I think there's some funny jokes in there. I think the episode is, is fun in that it makes use of its animated format, and I like it whenever The Simpsons does that. However, when Homer has his dream sequence where he's within the paintings of all of these impressionistic artists, is the, the animation is, is interesting to look at, but the jokes are just so stupid. They're so bad. They're just these artists punching him <laughs> over and over and over again. That's all it is, is just art being mean to him, and it's not a funny. It's not funny. One of them, like the Vitruvian man punching him and kicking him, like Goro. Is funny. That's funny. Prince Goro. Yeah, just like Goro. But with two more feet. 
oh shit <laughs> yeah that'll um, be in the sequel <laughs> yeah prince foro um <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's a horrible joke but i laugh so <laughs> what do i know <laughs> and uh the 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 whole idea of of being just beat on by art is mm-hmm. so lazy. It's like we have one idea. We have one idea to put our 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 art into different art, and that's all we've got. That's it. Where we've seen so many interesting and also abstract and impressionistic Simpsons dream sequences over the past. 10 years of seasons that we've that we, we've been watching it's, it just seems to be a shame in an, in an episode that's specifically about art that they're so limited to their jokes within that dream sequence hmm. i don't know do you know what i mean yeah so I, as as long as i'm not crazy here um <laughs> i mean i never i never thought about that until you were saying it but it, it makes sense like like why you would be ups- I liked the dream sequence. I didn't love it, but I, I, I maybe just because it was like some injection of creativity. Yeah, that's, that's why I liked yeah. it. But then, like as we were watching it, I was like, "Oh, this is just the same the joke, same joke over and over and over and over, mm-hmm. and over." I think it's like three or four times it happens, and that's just you know whatever. Um, I wonder if like the 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 kind of concept of uh, Homer being like sad, like his whole thing afterwards is like he's like, "Oh, why did why does art hate me?" Yep. kind of thing, right? And if that's like maybe just the wrong take for the the story as well is for Homer to be like feel like he's a, a literally being beat on by artists of the past because like I don't know like have you, have you guys ever felt that way about like when you're creating art and like maybe you're unhappy with your art you're thinking about like uh not even your heroes per se in the in the genre in the field uh, but just like other famous people in the field uh, like, do you ever think about like, oh, if I ever met like James, you're a playwright. Um, yeah. if, if you're like, oh, if I ever met like, uh, um, fucking, I don't know, Godot or what are some fame? I don't even know playwrights Godot? anymore. Godot, listen, Samuel Beckett. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting for him. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I'd biff that. If you um, ever met Godot, yeah, listen. Fuck. If you ever met Godot, you'd be like, well, finally. Uh, <laughs> the thing about you got to know about Godot. He doesn't show up. I literally, I was, I, I've been out of theater school for way too long. I forget all playwrights. I was yeah. trying to think of something that wasn't Shakespeare. You were trying to think and of I fucked a it up. single playwright <laughs> other than Shakespeare and James Wade. Yeah, those that's are all, the two. <laughs> those are my two faves. Um, uh, so I'm I'm a big fan of Tony Kushner, and sometimes okay, I think like, how does this like measure up? Like, man, this this. I think of Angels in America, and then I look at my play, and I'm like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, this is this is terrible." <laughs> would you ever? Would you ever have a like a nightmare though, where he like physically beats you up? <laughs> uh, I think him physically beating me up wouldn't be as bad as a withering comment in passing. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, I, I guess, and like that may have been a more interesting thing for the dream sequence is to have them commenting on his art rather than. As as he said, physically beating him up, and then have Andy Warhol pelt him. Sure, with, that's fine with cans. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I also liked the sequence because of the injection of of vibrancy into the episode. Of yeah. course, if you're yeah. going to make an episode about art, like do something visually interesting. Where what I think you're kind of getting at is not so interesting. Is it's what is they that, do with it? It's just what they it's what do they do with it. it. And I feel like every 
uh, lots of sitcoms, lots of mainstream comedy shows do episodes about art where it's basically like, oh, I accidentally like made this splotch and now someone's really interested in it. And like, let's make fun of like the art world for 30 minutes and it'll be fun. And this is not exactly that. Like, I think, I think they have a little more respect for it than that, but they don't have anything more interesting to say than that either. And what I really would have loved to see in that sequence is like Marge, this really matters to Marge so much. And I know it's hard to do, but I would have loved to see Homer have some sort of sublime or an ecstatic experience in his Homer way of interacting with actual art. Yeah, you know, and and it comes back to Marge for me, too, in the sense that another moment, I, a very small moment that I liked is when they're first walking through the art exhibit and she says, like, oh, it's nice to do something cultural together. You know, like, mm. like her ba- basically being like, oh, like, this is a world I've always loved, and you've n- never given a shit about it. But now that you're trying to be an artist yourself, like, we can go to this together, and we can talk about And she starts talking about some of the artists, you know? And, like, there's some kind of, like, niceness to that that is missing from the rest of the episode. And I, I maybe would have liked the, you know, again, the kind of conclusion to the episode that I still think they biffed is tying it to Marge in some way. And maybe have him, as you said, have some kind of, like... I don't know, have some kind of like inspiration or something where he's like, oh, like I know what I need to do now for my next oh. art thing, creates it, and they all hate it. I've and, got it. And he's sad, but Marge loves it. And Marge is like, I think it's really beautiful, Homer. I've got that's it. That's the Futurama ending. I'm just realizing that's literally the ending of the Futurama series. Wait a second. Sorry. I th- I, th- I think I've I think I've got the fix for this episode. Okay. Maybe this is this is how <laughs> I would appro- I would this is how I would approach okay. the final act of this episode, which is that. Uh, Marge takes him to the gallery and really explains her passion. And Homer has like some sublime vision. He's got like his inspiration, but we don't see it. And then he unveils at this show, like a really terrible portrait of Marge. Like what he got from it was just that he loves Marge so much because she's sharing her passion and like, nobody likes it. It doesn't sell, but it sort of repairs that relationship. Marge is like, Oh, you both, Biffed your art career and did it through your love for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that could be sweet. Yeah. Again, that's literally how Futurama ends. Oh, is it really? <laughs> yeah. The, the, I mean, the quote unquote first ending, that's the... Uh, the devil's hand or idle playthings. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. He does that. He becomes really good at the holophoner. And, but then he loses the devil's hand. So he does a shitty thing. You can't but it's just have Leela. your characters say what they're feeling. <laughs> that, that makes, makes me, me angry. feel angry. Yes. Um, Beautiful episode, one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, it ends with him playing this shitty version of uh, the opera because he's bad at the holophoner now, and everyone leaves. But Leela stays, and she says, uh, "Please, please continue. I'd like to see how it ends. How it ends." And it just—it's like two little stick drawings of like Leela and Fry, and they like kind of go off and sends it together. It's very cute and very beautiful. And then they brought oh. it back for shitty movies. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but I the, think the re-ending is good. The re-ending is also good. Like uh, once they get a full actual like order of sh- of episodes, not the movies, um, and they do another like series finale. Essentially, yeah. uh, I think that's very good too. But there's there's a lot of fluff in between that that I'm not as interested in. Hell yeah, there is. But anyway, uh, that's it's just funny because I think both James and I came to a similar like revelation of how the episode should have ended, and I'm just I realized that's because. That is how an episode, <laughs> a cartoon episode that I like has ended. Um, but uh, it's a good ending. And, you know, it's not like The Simpsons 
or sorry, it's not like Futurama has an ownership to that. They did it after this episode, for one thing. So they would have been stealing from The Simpsons. The Simpsons did it. They were Jasper Johnsing The Simpsons. That's right. Um, yeah. So let's let's talk very briefly uh, about Millhouse. Um, sure. Now, Greg, while we were watching the episode, you were hyperbolic about that joke for dramatic effect. Yeah. Uh, sure. But I, I honestly wasn't sure. <laughs> I was like, is this actually one of Greg's favorite jokes of all time? I don't know. I don't think it's great, but oh. I think there's a reason for that. I'd like to, I'd just like to hear your thoughts first, though. So on, oh, I hate these flood pants. That, I mean, that whole segment, right? Like yeah. up to everything's coming up Millhouse. Everything's coming up Millhouse. So my relationship with this joke is that I loved it when I saw it, mm-hmm. as, as, the, as I think a lot of people did. And then... As so many of these things become, it be, just becomes a meme. Yes. You know? And I'm more annoyed about it than than anything. And, like, the, the, the way that I know that, that everything's coming up Millhouse doesn't have as much staying power as a joke is because I've seen Sideshow Bob getting hit by rakes <laughs> as a meme for longer. Right. For years. And we've seen nerd as a meme for longer. And I still find both of those things very, very funny. Now, I wonder... Okay, so I have, I have a whole theory about this Millhouse thing in general, but I, I, just in terms of you, you saying that, I wonder if it's because everything's coming up. Millhouse is very specific to The Simpsons. Yep. Right? Versus um, the rakes and the nerd thing can be applied to many different things. And so it becoming a meme draws less attention to The Simpsons necessarily, whereas everything's coming up Millhouse is literally like the name Millhouse is right yeah. there. Like yeah. you're not talking about Richard Nixon. No, you're not. <laughs> we know you're talking about The Simpsons character. Um, but I mean, it's this whole thing that uh, comedy ages poorly. Mm-hmm. And the reason comedy ages poorly is because of culture recycling it right there's a reason why the first time you saw borat in the movie theater if you did i did i sure did uh it was one of the funniest movies of the year it was one of the funniest movies you've ever seen yeah now i watch it and i'm like okay i get it yeah i get that like my wife like that became like a thing in culture and the the recycled nature of it made it over uh like overextended Oversaturated. Oversaturated, and therefore it's less interesting. It's the same reason a lot of comedy sequels don't work is because they come out way after they originally came out. And so they're recycling jokes that were funny in the 90s in 2010. And you're like, okay, well, that was funny back then, but currently it's not as funny. But you're just doing it again because that's what was funny in the first one. The movie I'm most scared to rewatch would be Team America World Police, which I thought was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in the world in 2004. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I mean the uh, uh, Trey Parker, Matt Stone, most of their most of their stuff, I think, uh, ages pretty poorly uh, for the most part. Um, Probably, I know. would say the most important one doesn't though. South Park in general. South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. The movie, yeah. The movie. I think the movie uh-huh. is the thing that holds up the most. Yeah, I think that movie's great. I think it's a masterpiece. Um, but yeah, I just I wonder if the everything's coming up Millhouse. Uh, I I remember liking it. Like I'm not gonna you know try and be contrarian or anything, but I remember liking it. But it became like it's a funny the bit, joke. But yeah, that's the problem. You know, it became the joke that at school everyone would say. 
they would use it for so many things. And it just got to the point where I was just like, well, I don't find it as funny anymore because fucking Larry, my schoolmate Larry, says it to everything that he does. He's eating a nice sandwich. He's like, ah, everything's coming up Millhouse today, right, Alan? I'm like, Larry, get out of here. It's it's all it's Boo Earns, but worse. It is. It's similar to Boo Earns, except <laughs> Boo Earns. My problem with that is yeah, people is don't people understand. People don't understand the context, and they use it. Boo Earns is a wrong. positive thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know, James. What do you think about everything's coming up, Millhouse? There's a podcast. I mean, I, There's a Simpsons podcast called Everything's Coming Up Podcast. I think it is a wonderful joke, and I can still appreciate it. But I no longer have a. comic reaction to it yeah right yeah 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 i guess that's what it comes down to right is like you you don't necessarily blame like you know you're not like if you're like like for me anyway i'm like i'm like i kind of groan at that line now internally but i don't blame the episode for it i blame all of us (laughs) we didn't deserve it we We didn't didn't deserve deserve that joke we don't deserve it's not the episode's fault it really isn't no in in fact in context of the episode its placement is kind of brilliant Mm. The just just the very this the very idea of this cutaway to Millhouse right. and th- just the whole idea. I think the whole premise of the joke is fantastic, but we just don't deserve it. Was there many other in the episode uh, like flood jokes? Nope that's the that's the Not one really. that we see where it w- where we can infer that it negatively impacted this house, right? Because the house is now flooded. Because I kind of wish they had more, I guess. Absolutely. Maybe. maybe if they had more, that one wouldn't stick out as much. And so it'd be this tapestry yeah. of funny flood jokes. Kind of like the monorail episode. Yeah. When the, uh, the, he puts the M out. Yeah. Right? And there's a bunch of like kind of jokes that go after it, like as it goes through the town. See, that's how you right? do those. That's exactly how you do those. You don't have Jasper John. should see all the painting. <laughs> Uh, there was a question I wanted to ask you guys. I wanted to get your opinion on something in this episode that I found a little jarring, a little weird, which is the two moments in the episodes with Skinner and Krabappel. This is what I was which... talking about. This is the this oh, yeah? is the episode that I wanted to see. Excuse me. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The the moment at the beginning where he's like, <laughs> she's like, I want a baby. Um, and uh, what does he say? What's his response again? I want a baby now. They look over. They see Bart right. just smiling at them, and they say, "Let's have this conversation in another aisle." I can't right. remember what the other aisle was. Pool, pool supplies. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, um, yeah. And then we see them again at the end, uh, and he uh, does the dumb. I hate these jokes. Where yeah, it's I'm like, going to it's pop clearly, you a clearly set up to be a proposal, and it's something else. And it's like, ha ha, got ya. It's like no one would fucking do that. Mm. <laughs> People aren't that stupid, um, but. Yeah, I feel Greg said when you're we watching it, he's like, "Oh, that that'd be a fun episode to watch at the beginning." Um, you know, Krabappel and Skinner trying for a kid, I guess, was your Well, the very nature, like the whole idea of her saying like, "I want a baby now." And the idea of Skinner having to deal with that sure. is an interesting thing to me. Yeah. The the idea yeah. of uh, of following the relationship that we've established in season 8 to now is an interesting thing to me. And they don't, which fine, okay. But I would have liked to have seen that. It feels like it would have been more of an adult episode, and I would have enjoyed it more. You know, the show because kinda, it uh, the show kind of moved away from this like kind of idea of having 
secondary character stories that isn't related to the, the main family in some way. Yeah. They didn't have it a lot earlier, but there was like uh, there was the occasional one where it was like yeah, Skinner had a bunch, you know, more focused on uh, a tangential character, uh, and you don't need it to be like related to the Simpson family. They all pop in here and there because they have a relationship with these characters, but it's not like like the the Apu one is what I'm thinking of as like a uh, the the opposite of this, right? Where it's like Apu is uh, worried about his arranged marriage, and so it's like oh, it's got to be he's got to do like a farcical sitcom trope with uh the simpson family otherwise we can't have this episode you know yeah um and uh yeah i guess i I wonder if that might have been a good uh thing to start doing for the show is to start folk i mean they do like (laughs) bad focused episodes on tertiary characters like disco stew and shit but but ones that are like established secondary characters like Skinner and Krabappel and Mr. Burns and things like that, like those could be some, they, they could mine more interesting stories instead of rehashing the same stories with different characters. Again, this is Bart gets famous, but with Homer instead of Bart. Yep. This is the same, it's the same plot points. It's yep. like he accidentally becomes famous, tries to continue doing it, and everyone hates him now because yep. that's show business, baby. Um, and uh, I just it stuck out to me this time because it was just very clear that's the the same plot uh, movement. But I don't know what do you think about the Skinner stuff, James? You had something to say? It just seemed like it was a uh, a very sort of a serious aside. Like to me, it felt like the Simpsons writers wanted to like get something done on the side. They were like, we need to we need to revisit this or something. We need to shine a light on this just to remind the audience that like it's it's canon in our world or something like it seemed like if if this show was a little more uh serialized i think is the word i'm looking for um if it was a little more serialized i would expect that soon after this there would be a skinner krabappel episode or something like it feels like it feels like they are like you know what uh this is happening we should really do something with this in this episode, even if we're not like fulfilling it in any way. Uh, but knowing that that's not really the case, it just feels odd. Yeah, I agree. It felt like a weird little like pseudo tangent that they didn't go full full on with. Yeah. It's something I would have rather seen. <laughs> sure. I would have liked to see that too. It just seems like a, like a, Missed opportunity? It seems like a missed opportunity, but it also seems like fertile ground. Fertile story yeah. ground that has been untrodden before. No pun intended? Yeah. Pun intended. Because her uterus is fertile. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. James knows. <laughs> I you have know, baby. Know all, I, I, know, I know all about this. <laughs> Well, is there anything else we want to talk about about this episode? Um, I didn't like it. <laughs> I think I yeah, liked it a little a... bit more than you, but right. I I also didn't yeah. like it. Yeah, <laughs> not a big fan. I'm just gonna go through my notes here quickly. Yeah. I liked the snake in the piano. Uh, yeah, I liked the tiny hippo. <laughs> I like pops. I like the pops hammer hat. I thought that was great. If that <laughs> hat existed, I would buy it and never wear it, but I would love it. Um. Jasper Johns played himself, I noticed. <laughs> of course. <laughs> he did, yeah. And Isabella Rossellini, yeah. we didn't mention her, but she plays Astrid. Yeah. I did a, I did a little bit of research just as I was watching the episode about outsider art, because I'm like, oh, are there outsider artists that I have heard of personally? And most of the visual artists I haven't heard of 
Although I would say that Mark Hogenkamp is probably an outsider artist who's a bit newer. Um, but it listed the, the Wikipedia listed Daniel Johnson and Wesley Willis, two musicians who are outsider artists who hmm. I did know. Okay. Um, you've probably heard Daniel Johnson, right? Johnston. I have, yes. That sounds familiar. Yeah. 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 True Love Will Find You in the End. Beck did a cover of it. Yeah, he's um he's he's a pretty heartbreaking singer songwriter. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. Oh, um, well, I'll save that for the reference desk and best joke. But yeah, <laughs> um, I did want to say real quick, Isabella Rossellini um is f- fine um <laughs> in this episode. Like, not uh, I like that she's not playing herself. Is the only kind of yeah. like gold star I'll give it. Yeah. Um, sure. <laughs> in this era, it's very common for them to play themselves, as Jasper Johns did. Um, so I like that she's playing a character. She doesn't. She's not bad. Like, there's nothing bad about her performance, but it's nothing great either. Like, it's just kind of meh. Um, but I did want to say that uh, apparently they had a they had a scene where she was um, uh, mad at Homer for some reason, and he and she says the line, "You snorted my father's ashes," but because of her accent, it kept sounding like she was saying, "You snorted my father's ass," and so they scrapped it. <laughs> ah, because they couldn't get her to say ashes. I guess. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, should have kept it. <laughs> Interesting. Because <laughs> there'd be a whole th- whole bunch of theories about that. Um, well, that's great. Uh, shall we move to the reference desk? Yes, let's. So we have uh, Lime in the Coconut by Harry Nelson. Homer sings right at the beginning. Of course, he, he changes lime to beer, which is pretty funny. Um <laughs> We and got... Ned does the, the callback, does the uh, like the the background singing. right. Homer, Homer. Um, uh, the intro, or sorry, the intro, the um, uh, video that they that he watches about building the barbecue or whatever uh, is called "Tooling Around." Uh, I think it's a pretty clear reference to Tool Time because the the caricature that they create looks a lot like Al Borland. Um, of course, that is all from Home Improvement. Ah, you remember yes. remember Home Improvement? Yeah, who played Al Borland? Richard Carn. Richard Carn. Yes, I remember him because he was in Seventh Inning Fetch, <laughs> Airbud Seven. His most famous role. Um, A wonderful film. I know. <laughs> I know him the most from. Uh, he was one of many hosts of Family Feud. Ah, uh, the feud. The feud. Yes. Uh. <laughs> Uh, Beanie Babies reference when the mob is dumping a, uh, I assume a Beanie Baby into the Toys for Tots. We have right. no, no reason to assume otherwise. That's uh, correct. <laughs> you have uh, the oh the uh, <laughs> the um, museum or uh, art exhibit that they go to is called Louvre American Style, which is a reference to Love American Style. Uh, is that a movie? Uh, oh, I think it's a oh boy. I knew I should have wrote it down. I think it's like a show, um, like an old show. Yeah, it was an old comedy show. Uh, ran ah. for three seasons. Uh, it's like a variety. Yeah, a variety of stars perform comic sketches about love and relationships. So it's like an old Ooh. sketch show. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't heard of it until. I mean, I'm sure I have, but uh, Jasper Johns, as we mentioned, uh, I got a lot of just like artist references written down. Um, James might be able to help me if I miss any. Um, uh, uh, Byrne says that he almost purchased Guernica by Picasso for a song, but it, the song right. was White Christmas, so he's doing okay. 
Or is he, he almost sold, he sold it for a song? He almost he, he almost bought Guernica for a song, but the song was White Christmas. Right, so he kept so White he Christmas. A, yeah. Didn't buy Guernica. Made a lot of money from it. He made a lot of money from White Christmas, yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a fine joke. Um, I like that joke. <laughs> and uh, did you, okay, James, you'll, you'll remember this. Do you remember uh, like near our, our junior high school, there was Guernica like painted on a fence? Yes, yes. So that was the first time I ever saw Guernica. And uh, I didn't know it was a real painting. So walking mm-hmm. past that, that like this, this uh, Greg, this like person in the neighborhood just like painted it on their fence. Uh, so I'd walk past it all the time going from Dairy Queen to school. Because yeah. <laughs> I go to Dairy Queen for lunch all the time. Get myself a basket of fries, share it with a pal. Naturally. That's a $2 lunch, baby. Yeah. Because um, oh, it was $4 for a basket of fries. No. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that was the first time I ever saw this. I didn't realize it was real painting. I, I was so confused by it. I would stop sometimes and look at it and be like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, there's there's cows, there's titties. I don't know what to deal with this. <laughs> I'm confused. I'm an adolescent. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they were full-grown adults in Lethbridge who didn't know what to make of it at all either. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but I do. I just remember the time when I found out, like, like long after that, uh, that there's a famous painting called Guernica by Picasso, and I'm like, oh, that's the painting I always, oh, okay, it makes more sense now, because it just seemed, it seemed like a weird thing to do randomly, but if it's a famous painting, it makes more sense, I guess, I don't know. Yeah, jazz up your uh, driveway. That's right, that's right. Uh, Disney's referenced, Disney memorabilia. Oh, yeah. Kind of a zing on Disney. And the and junk then, that he's going to throw out. Yeah, but then Disney bought him, so who's laughing now? It's definitely Disney. It's Disney. They're laughing. They've been laughing for a while. Yeah. Uh, Ringo Starr reference, of course, as uh, as is Marge's paintings of him. Um, he's a beetle. Uh, uh, Barney somehow on his napkin uh, paints uh, a Sunday afternoon on the island of the Grand Jatte uh, by Seurat. Um, yeah. Homer's Odyssey referenced, uh, and not the episode, uh, but the epic poem. Poems, everyone. Uh, Ray J. Johnson. You guys know Ray J. Johnson? Only from the Simpsons. Only from this, yeah. Yeah, only from the I mean, the me Simpsons. too, but like, uh, like I looked it up, and apparently it, he was like uh, a regular on the Red Fox show, and his whole bit was just, uh, they'd be like, oh, welcome, Mr. Johnson. He's like, ah, Ray jo- Mr. Johnson's my father. I'm Ray J. Johnson. You can call me Ray. You can call me Jay. You can call me Ray J. You can be RJ. You know, like RJJ, and he just he'd go through a whole bunch, like rattle off a whole bunch of those things, uh, and then he'd be like, "But just don't call me Mr. Johnson." That's it. Wow, <laughs> wow. So Homer starts the... that bit in the episode, yeah. and then they stop him. Thankfully. So recently, I was watching the film Murder on the Orient Express, uh, the, the recent... Kenneth Branagh version. Yes, the recent Kenneth Branagh version yeah. uh, with with Camille. And uh, she had forgotten what the whole thing is. Spoilers for Murder on the Orient Orient Express. Um, So we were watching it a little bit, and she was like, oh, wait, I think I remember this. Isn't it, isn't the solution that everybody did it? Isn't that what it is? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's that's what it is. And, And she says, wow, things were a lot easier in the past. What? What if you're Agatha mean? Christie, that's all you got to do. Okay. That's that's your bit. <laughs> Everybody did it. That's your twist. That's your twist. Everybody <laughs> did it. Uh-huh. Ray J. Johnson. <laughs> My bit is you could call me Ray. You could call me Jay. You could go through. And people will love it. 
things were a lot easier. <laughs> I mean, yes, I don't want to say that's wrong, but there's plenty of folks today who do one bit and do fine. Yeah, but you can't have everybody do the be the murderer this time. Yeah, you can. Yeah, if you're doing they, Murder on the Orient yeah, Express, yeah, you, you remake Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, wasn't there a thing with that movie where they had uh, like a different ending because, like, they wanted it still to be a surprise, and so they did like something kind of different, but maybe they like they decided no, we can't do that. Like, let's scrap it and do the original ending. I don't Am I know the, something else. I don't know the production I notes. I thought I remembered some reading something about that where it's like, yeah, we want this still to be a mystery, and anyone who's seen or read the original is gonna know the solution. Yeah. So let's try and do a little twist. Either way. I didn't see it coming because it was the first time I'd ever seen it. it was in theaters. Oh, so Camille spoiled it for when me? I saw oh, it. Oh, I see. No, <laughs> not this time. Yeah, yeah, I saw it in theaters and it was um, fine. It's a good looking movie. Uh, I seldom seen it. I don't care. <laughs> There's some impressive shots in it. All right. Yeah, it's on Disney Plus. Again, I think I'd be more interested in it if it wasn't a the same story as you know. If it was, I don't know, Knives Out. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'm less excited to watch it now because I have read the book, but I forgot. But now I was reminded. There you go. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> I'll save Turns you out time. everyone did it. Save you the time. <laughs> Everybody did okay. it. Okay. <laughs> uh, where were we? We got uh, Michelangelo, uh, the artist, of course. Um, not the Ninja Turtle. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal reference. Great artist. Uh-huh. Well, what was it? I I forget the joke now, but she used Michelangelo and Shaq in the same sentence. Yep. Uh, was it something about them doing the same thing? Yeah. Is gotta, that it? Got to expand. Got it. Uh, Life in Hell by Matt Groening. We get to right. s- have a little meta joke there, and then that's the worst joke in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad. Yeah, it goes on for so long. I don't know. He's how, gonna get erased, though. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you do that joke. You probably just don't, because it's it's just. Matt got... Green doesn't even doesn't even draw these characters anymore. No, Why the fuck is he the he, one erasing him? He hadn't since 1989. <laughs> um, it'd be you know what'd be funnier joke mm. if he insults Matt Groening and suddenly it like cuts to like shitty and and it's like oh all the money's gone now. <laughs> I don't know. That would take a while, though. Yeah, I tried to punch it up. Uh, we got uh, some other artists mentioned, especially in the last half here. We got Klaus Oldenburg. Uh, that's the pencil guy. Love him. <laughs> uh, Joseph Turner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy Warhol and his soup can yeah. drawing specifically. Uh, once we get into Homer's Dream, we got The Sleeping Gypsy by Henri Rousseau. Uh, Henry Rousseau for you Eng- Anglophiles. <laughs> Anglophile. <laughs> uh, you got Leonardo da Vinci's Vitruvian Man. You got uh, The Three Musicians by Picasso. And you got Salvador Dali's Persistence of Memory, all in Homer's Dream. Did I miss any, James, that you remember? Uh, not from the dream, but in the Art World magazine he's reading, the front page is a, a, a Piet Mondrian painting. Oh, great. Thank you. Uh, and then Christo is mentioned by Lisa, and Homer thinks that's the guy who revealed all the magician's secrets, which was a thing. Um, I think it was just called Magician Secrets Revealed. Um, I mean, there's a couple of those. There, the one I remember is the like the masked magician. Uh, you guys remember that? No, no. There was a there was a like a special like a Fox special that was like Magician Secrets Revealed, and and it was like, and here's our friend the masked magician because he didn't reveal which magician he was. To re- it's like the masked singer. It's. <laughs> It's with like, magicians exactly like the masked singer um except there's only one masked person and they don't reveal who it is 
Who's the Eggman? So actually, in fact, very different from the Mask Singer now that I think about it. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I had. Uh, like I said, there might be some other subtle art references in the backgrounds and here and there, but I didn't want to worry about that too much. Because I there's only so much I can do. That's fair enough. Whilst watching the episode. Um, great. Shall we talk about our favorite jokes? Yes, let's. James. As our guest. Oh. Please start. Oh, how kind of you. Uh, I really I really liked Homer saying, not the Reichstag. <laughs> <laughs> right. That was uh, at least talking about Christo. Yeah. He, he put the Reichstag in wrapping. Bubble wrap? Or... Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I sort of, it, 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 it recalls back to uh, something I think you guys have talked about on the show a couple times, which is that you like that Homer is subtly well read (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then he he has big opinions about things yeah when he has when he suddenly like knows something you wouldn't expect him to know i think is very funny yeah um like the supreme court justices yes is the classic (laughs) uh greg uh i gotta go with uh how's your father's project coming along i think he's almost done screaming Umbrella. Umbrella. Yeah, he's done. Nice. I like that. I think it's funny. I always like a good Homer scream. And I just feel a sense of catharsis and relatability in that moment. Um, mm. Just because, like, I've been there. I've Catharsis. I've just completely fucked a project up before and <laughs> just wanted it to end and wanted to scream. But nobody does it quite like Homer Simpson. So I so, like yeah. that. I had that reaction reaction to make trying to make dinner a few weeks ago. I was like, <laughs> "This is an abject failure." I've I'm I'm so bad at everything. Yeah, I also like him. Like, why must life be so hard? Why must I fail at every attempt at masonry? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Specifically, masonry, masonry is, is, good. is really great. Um, so my favorite joke is completely removed from. It can be put in any episode. I think it's very silly but very funny. Uh, it's his shaving my shoulders song. <laughs> He's like shaving my shoulders, gonna shave them all off. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's just very funny to me <laughs> that he's just singing about shaving his shoulders. Do you sing cute. that when you do that? If you do that, uh, I have never sang it. I have shaved my shoulders in the past. I don't generally because they get all stubbly and uh, uncomfortable immediately after. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, there's there's no you don't want shoulder stubble. That's no. Terrible. It's just like, but I've you know I've had many times in my past as a as a young man who's very uncomfortable in his own skin, being like, I need this will solve everything. I'll shave all the hair off my body, and then I'm like, why did I do this? <laughs> so now I just let it ride, baby. Just trying to make the swim team. <laughs> you shave your legs, it cuts down on wind resistance. That's right. <laughs> So who's who's the episode MVP? Um Oh gosh, episode MVP Homer. Yeah, my instinct is Homer. I I kind of want to do a do a nod to Marge. I I I, <laughs> I give it to Marge a lot this season, but I think she's still I think it's missing in this episode, the like the 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 clear like Marge is just nailing it that she yeah. usually has this season, but yeah. but even right. just her painting at the end I think is beautiful and the fact that she doesn't resent Homer too much for his art shit, I th- I still think she does a little bit too much, but not like it's not, it's that's not the focus of the episode. Um, 
I guess I would I would have liked if the focus of the episode was on Homer and Marge's dynamic in terms of art, but I don't want her to be mad at Homer for succeeding. I want her to be uh, like sad that she didn't also succeed, right. but still proud of him. Right. You know, that's what I would have liked. Um, but that bed scene where she's like literally angry and like frowning the whole time just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Um, that being said, I still think. Uh, her being her trying to be supportive when she can and taking him to the art museum and trying to teach him about art and then her painting the thing at the end that's very beautiful i think i think she's great i like i just like marge she's, she's a good person she would be she would be my mvp as well and uh, this runs a little counter to what alan's saying but i i would be curious to see an episode in which she took action in an angry way like mm-hmm. she destroyed his new piece of art oh, no. and then when it was and then when it was unveiled people liked it even more <laughs> i don't know <laughs> there's something there yeah like, i could see that yeah looking. yeah um i think we have to just before we wrap things up i think we have to mention just how bad of a dad homer is in this episode to each one of his kids they each get a beat uh he puts a shotgun in the crib with Maggie, mm-hmm. he uh, forces his like daughter. Like in Marshalls. Yeah, he forces his <laughs> daughter to lay down wet cement all day, yeah. and, and then, then blames her for then blames her for his own incompetence, and then he makes his son put the snorkels on the lions. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. he takes like I don't know goats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bad dad. Yeah. I just wanted to point that out so that we covered it. Yeah. Also, I want to be I want to be a better dad than that. Uh, you're on your way. Uh, so far, so okay. good. Do you have a shotgun in the house? Yeah, as far as I know. I don't. I do not. Already okay. winning. Already winning. Um, Great. And just you know, another point I think uh, in the column of Cartridge Family, one of the worst episodes ever. Yep. Because um, he has a shotgun. Yeah. No, the episode. Simpsons is canonized as having a shotgun as a gun owning family. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. It's used for comedy. It's always been his double barreled shotgun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> always. And it's funny. It's because funny. he uses it to try and shoot boogeymen. Yes. A boogeyman yes. or boogeyman in the house. That's right. <laughs> All right. Um, that's about it for us, I think. Yeah. Greg? We did it. How you feeling? I'm uh, very sleepy. Yeah. Are you excited for your dinner? I'm excited. Yep. <laughs> I got tacos coming. Great, because I'm going to stretch this out. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, well, James, uh, I, think, I think you've prove yourse- proven yourself... <laughs> I think you've proved yourself yeah. <laughs> as the true James and removing the quotations from your name, uh, James oh Wade. It's so it's so nice to hear your voice. Uh, we're very happy that you're alive and safe. You have a bouncing baby boy. Oh, wait. Uh, hmm? Wait, James. Yeah. Did I just hear on your end someone outside your house say that they were walking here? <laughs> are, are you in New York? Wait a minute. Oh my god. Is that the unmistakable sound of Broadway? <laughs> Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> it's back. The lights. The sounds. <laughs> New York is back, baby. The I can W hear it Hotel. Wait, I, I feel like Just... I hear a police radio saying something about King Kong? Is he rampaging wow. the streets again? Was it beauty that killed the beast? <laughs> 
Dustin Hoffman is running into traffic. He's walking get, here. Getting I, hit by cars. Do I hear Billy Joel singing <laughs> about his state of mind? Ace Freely is now claiming that he's back in the New York groove. Don Henley is saying in a New York minute, anything could change. <laughs> well, we solved the mystery. We did it. All on our own. Yeah. Thanks to subtle audio clues. And I just, I, I didn't cover my bases here. I'm going to have to move. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh damn it. Oh, we should have revealed that we knew. Ah. He might go missing again. It's fine. I think he'll stay put. We're going to put the... We're we got put, our gumshoes on the yeah. on the case. We're going to put our lanterns down. We'll send our gumshoes. Please don't poison them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to send them a nice beer. That's all. Oh, oh. that's nice. Speaking of, yeah. I, my stomach f- is feeling a bit weird, so maybe we should wrap things up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you, James, for joining us for this episode. Um, Fellas, it's been a pleasure. And thank you for such a wonderful show. Uh, I'm I, After a very long, stressful day of parenting and putting my baby to bed, finally, I like to lay still and listen to your podcast <laughs> while I play Pokemon Go in the dark. <laughs> there is no bigger compliment for podcasters than that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jay. Pokemon Go, Pokemon Stay at Home. <laughs> um, Greg, do you have anything you want to plug? Hey, guys, get a vaccine. Yeah, I'll second that plug. Get a second dose, too, when you can. More importantly, James. Hell yeah. Yeah. Where can our listeners find you if they want to? Uh, well, they can't find me in person, that's no, for sure. Of course not. Uh, but you can find out what I'm up to at uh, jamesodenwade.com if you're interested in playwriting. Uh, also, I have a reading coming up. I'm workshopping a new play with Lunchbox Theater. And uh, I know everyone's a little sick of Zoom readings, <laughs> but you know what? I got one, and I <laughs> want you to come watch it. It's on uh, Sunday, June 6th at noon. Uh, details are on the Lunchbox Theater website. It'll be at noon. Listen, it's funny. It's at noon. Have lunch. Put it on in the background. And friend of the laugh. show. I was going to say, one of our past and future guests is going to be reading. That's right. That's correct. Camille Pavlenko will is in the cast, and she's uh, so funny. There you go. So if you are a listener and you're like, I don't know about this James Wade character, but I love Camille Pavlenko as a guest. <laughs> Not so There's much. your reason. There's your selling point to go <laughs> see this reading. What's the play called? The play is called By the Book. By the book, which is not what we do on this show. No, that's for sure. No, no it's not by the way book. We're book. Wild yeah. cards. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> wild card babies. A bunch of loose cannons. <laughs> um. Well, that's about it then. Thanks again, Jimsy. Uh, Greg, we, you can you can find us. Uh, I'm telling you, Greg. Yeah, you can find you. us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bad Neighbors Pod or, or Two Bad Neighbors Simpsons Podcast. You can email us at the Hammond District on Third at gmail.com. Numerical three and Subscribe to our Patreon. Two bucks a month gets you all our bonus content, including our Lost World commentary, uh, soon to be our Jurassic Park 3 commentary, 
which is going to be loads of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, any other bonus shit we put out? So much. <laughs> There'll be something else soon. Yeah. We haven't decided yet. But uh, yeah, you get that for just two bucks a month, and it helps us out a lot. So thank you all for listening, and keep watching the skis.